I'm CJ. And this is Harry Potter Movie Minutes. The podcast where two friends break down the movies of the wizarding world in excruciating detail and obnoxious commentary. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Okay, well, hi. Oh my god. This is like another season. (sighs) Simultaneously, like, already? But also, like, at last, because this is my favorite book. Unpopular opinion. No, I'm reading it right now, and I'm kind of really, like, I'm, like, flying through it. I'm really enjoying it. It's one of the better ones. I'm finishing up uh, book five right now on my annual reread, and, like, I'm realizing that book kind of drags. A little bit. I think that, like, another part of it is that I'm really pushing myself um to read it more quickly than i generally would okay um and so there's a piece of me that's like all right come on come on come on it's also the fact that like we just went through all of this in harsh detail uh in doing the podcast so i'm like yes i know i know this happens (laughs) and then i'll get to another page that i'm like oh my god shut up i forgot about that simultaneously satisfying and annoying i get it i get it but hey this project goes on here we are. I'm excited. I forgot about like the lighting of this movie. This movie has some odd lighting. Funny, I have a note about lighting too. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Well, let's just let's climb in, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we are getting started. We are on the first episode, uh, beginning of the sixth movie. So you know what that means. It means we are not talking about the logo. <laughs> <laughs> We're but not, we are. But okay, I was gonna say I say this every season. I'm like, okay, but about that. So we do start out this movie. I said with stormy clouds and an echoing cry from Bellatrix. I killed Sirius Black, and we get a zoom into Harry's eye. We're picking up from the end of the battle at the Ministry, and there is now. I said definitely a press conference. Yeah. So first, I love Helena's echoing cackle. That's cool. I yeah, I, I that's my second note, is I'm still very hung up on this. Why are there a million reporters there in the middle of the night? Like, there yeah. are more reporters there than there are aurors. And, like, fully dressed and with a crew. Do you see, like, some people have, like, notepads? Like, this is fully, like, a press conference. I'm like, who? What? I mean, I get that there's, like, a White House press pool that it probably is ready to go at a moment's notice that probably has, you know, a text chain that's like, oh, shit, X happened be there ASAP and yeah. they'll like show up. But holy, they, the Aurors didn't even show up to know what the fuck was happening. Like, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly there were already uh, reporters there. Just a mass group. It's it's weird how many people are there so quickly and why. And, and like, right. It's not usually right after something happens. That's a very movie trope though, isn't it? Like right after a murder happens, there's people outside with the paramedics and the, police and stuff trying to get it that's like a movie trope i just watched yeah, copycat last fair. night have you ever seen that with sigourney weaver Mm-mm. and holly hunter it's really bad it's from the 90s dermot Mil- dermot Mulroney's in it and she yeah like there's a reporter right outside of the murder scene and they're like oh here's the mouth and she's trying to get a an interview from the cops right outside of it i'm like that doesn't happen they just i mean it does the press shows up eventually but like right right as the police are arriving on scene i'm like no Right. Happen. What kind of informant do they have inside the police department that got them there that quickly? They have a night crawler. Did you ever see that movie? 
No. Don't waste your time. It's a fucking. I boring. apparently don't watch movies. I watch too many because I hate myself. So, um. Wow. Different <laughs> podcast. Uh, so I do appreciate here that like Dumbledore puts his arm around Harry and Harry finally gets his like human contact <laughs> and attention from Dumbledore that he's been craving for that whole movie. And they really zoom in on it, on him steering Harry away from it, which I liked. I was like, oh, you're showing that he's a steering presence and a protective presence in his life. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Did you also hear the weird um, voiceover cry from Voldemort too? I did. They just kind of threw that in. I thought that was weird. It's like the moment when he like blasts out all the windows. Yeah. It, it's almost like in case you didn't know where we're at, we're at this moment. It's like, right, but you've also, you're not showing us flashes of that. You're just letting us hear it. <laughs> this movie, as I did the minute mark, this movie, as I did it, it's a lot of voice voice and mm. like a voiceover and then transition a voice and then a thing that's kind of the minute markers i did i realized oh we're doing a lot of that in this movie like this one exactly we're gonna end on they are indeed and then transition and then we're... classic classic so yeah now an exhausted battered harry is steering is steered away from the crowd by dumbledore's hand as they walk away a camera flashes and brings us back to the storm clouds with the lightning and the oh with the lightning and the title Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. The lightning clouds then become a reflection in the windows of an office building in London. I was like, okay, I kind of like this transition. I was not actually mad at it this time. Yeah, I said the same thing. I was like, we get it, WB. It's dark. Shit's about to go down. It's dark. Uh, Cool transition to the next scene, though. (laughs) Yes. I was downward. Uh, So the people inside the office building look at the approaching storm, and we see the dark mark cloud appear (laughs) to spit smoke Death Eaters out of its orifices. And it's weird because they're looking at the storm clouds, but then we as the viewers get to go into the storm clouds and see the dark mark form. Yeah, okay, so controversial yet brave opinion. <laughs> if you do this think yourself. Maybe yes. it's time that we just agree to embrace the smoky flying thing. Oh, we don't have a choice. It's going to be... I think that this is cool. <laughs> okay. You've completely converted from not liking the smoky smoke to, uh... I still don't like it, but this is cool. And honestly, it, is... it made me want to go on a Maps app and, like, try to follow the path that they t- took to get to Diagon Alley. <laughs> you like them actually flying over London? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's it's cool, um... I don't know. I'm I'm in, I'm in the middle. I'm on the fence because like I don't love the idea that it's just these like balls of smoke. You know, it's so but it is spooky. Like it looks cool. It does look cool. I'll give you that. I said, <laughs> so I do like it. It's a cool effect. I said, but we just really love any excuse for an aerial shot in these movies. Like we're flying to London. We're flying through London. <laughs> we're flying over Hogwarts. We're fly- We love flying. We love aerial shots. I'm here for it. They're expensive. They're fun. I had a good time. Wizards love to fly. (laughs) So the group smoke flies over London and through the alleyway to Diagon Alley, where they smash through Ollivander's, dragging him out, wearing a hood over his head. Oh, and I said there's a moment in this I never noticed. I've never noticed that one of the Death Eaters has a stack of boxes of wands under his arm. Oh, I totally missed that. I've never seen it. But yeah, in this viewing, I saw it. Like one guy has a stack of wands in the like the long boxes you can see under his arm. I'm like, oh, I never noticed that they also stole wands as well as the wand maker. Yeah, I was gonna try and look up in the book, and I just didn't get to it today before we recorded. 
Um, I'm reading it. So what what are you referring to? If they talk about how Ollivander is taken. They just say dragged off by the looks of it. I was going to say, my memory was that they don't know where he is or that he like disappeared as opposed to like a very public during the day <laughs> blow up your shop and drag him outside kind of like people in Diagon Alley know what happened to Ollivander. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, which I mean, whatever, that's a silly detail. Um, but no, but it is like, a, there is like an exposition dump kind of at the beginning of the book when they first go to Diagon Alley to get their school supplies. And it's kind of like, I think before they even went, they said, yeah, like Florian Fortescue was taken and he his shops boarded up, Ollivander's place dragged off by the looks of it. They just kind of give you snippets of what's been going on. This is actually showing us an incident. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then <laughs> my last note is Fenrir is gross. I don't like Fenrir. Yep. Put a shirt on. You're gross. Um, so now we're back to Muggle London where the smoke eaters are smoke eaters huh? instead of death eaters um are twisting a walking bridge until it falls into the river with people getting off safely on either side i said book bitch and then there's actually a movie bitch about this what's your movie bitch movie bitch is later harry's reading a newspaper oh bridge collapses death toll rises like there are no deaths we watch them all get off safely but i'm thinking now i actually did we though yes they all got off safely. They like, I was, which I did write. I was like, that's a movie choice because they're like, don't want to show kids like, hey, the bridge because the bridge can collapse and you can die. Um, my book bitch is, is is a few things. So let's back up. Book bitch was they said that it snapped cleanly in two and sent people down into the water in their vehicles. So like, yeah, so sent, yes, people did actually die. Sent ooh, a dozen cars into the water below. Thank you. I looked that up. Oh. Um, but the movie bitch, yeah, as later says, death toll rises, bridge collapse. But I'm like, oh, wait a second, maybe they're not related. Maybe they're saying just deaths in general are <laughs> rising. But don't put that, you know what I'm saying? Don't say bridge collapse and then death toll rising when I didn't see any people die. Nobody did. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, you know, thinking that I had to actually see them die uh, <laughs> to understand that people were probably hurt or killed in the attack. Um, in the book, as you said, um, this is referred to as the Brockdale Bridge, not necessarily in London, um, and that it was snapped into sending cars down into the water. Uh, Voldemort had threatened a mass muggle killing if Fudge didn't step aside for him. Uh, but in reality, uh, the filming location that they used uh, is the Millennium Bridge in London, which is thankfully still in one piece. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, I, yeah, I just... no, I mean, I guess I just... The whole point of this is that we're paying closer attention, but I never really thought like every, I never thought from watching it before or earlier when I was doing my notes that everyone made it off the bridge. I thought the implication was that people died. Okay. You could be right. I would have to go back and watch it again. I know. I think I'm going to have to now because I could have sworn everybody got off and then that you just see the bridge twisty, 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 and then it it's twisties into the river. I don't know. Could be wrong. Yeah. I think the effects uh, and the destruction of the bridge are cool, though. I think the team did a nice job with that. And I think it was a good idea to show that, like, there's mass chaos. There's chaos in the wizarding world, and there's chaos in the muggle world. Yeah. Like, shit's going down everywhere. I gotta say, 
I mean, I'd have much preferred the actual first chapter of this book. Ooh, yes. I mean, that's my book pitch here. Like the, the, the conversation between Fudge and the Muggle prime minister and him saying, I went back and I read it and he's talking about like, I've had the same week that you did, you know, the Brockdale Bridge, the hurricane, the Vance murders, like those were all, you know, a part of my horrible week as well. Um, and explaining it. Um, and then two is like a movie viewer, you know, how like some people are talking about like, Hey, the movies are kind of hard to follow. If you don't know what's going on, like if you don't know the details of the books, how about as a viewer, we th- we had that scene where Fudge is like flashing in and out, like he's got the memory flashbacks of Fudge coming in and saying, "Okay, so anyway, they escaped from Azkaban. Bye." <laughs> so it's like a, a like a fun like a, a way to recap for people who haven't who, who maybe just didn't necessarily understand where we were. I'm just yeah. Things. I mean, we could still even have pieces of this, you know, as Fudge is explaining it. Like, okay, show the bridge collapsing. Okay, show Ollivander being captured. Like, yeah, well, good call. I like that too. Yeah, just something a little bit more than uh, we started very in medias res, right? Yeah. Okay, so mass chaos. Well, now we cut to a subway station diner and Harry at a table reading the Daily Prophet. You know, just backing up a second, like I like them. Well, that's not even backing up. The opening of this scene is this. Um, I like them carrying the theme of like the paper clippings through. You know, this is now a third film that they've done this kind of thing with, and I enjoy it. I do, too. Third? Three, four, five. Three out of two, yeah? Do we not have a newspaper at three? No, not as much. Well, we had Sirius's face plastered everywhere. Yeah, but I'm only, re- I'm only remember, like, flipping through... I'm only remembering, like, flipping through papers after four for the trials oh, tournament and then yeah actually actually seeing okay like that as a transition mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 i like it too that makes sense i just felt like that's been going on well we've known about the daily prophet since the first movie but that doesn't yeah, necessarily mean okay so you know what you know i did what i do i wrote down the uh headlines yeah we have on the very front cover harry potter the chosen one um, the thing I bitched about, bridge collapse, death toll rises. Um, exclusive new minister promises swift action. Uh, <laughs> spellbound concert when VIW backstage passes for the first 10 lucky readers. I saw that. Love that. that. Cute. Um, forecast and three-day outlook. The weather. Um, fallen from grace, Malfoy's wife and son leave the trials. We get a picture of them. Um, Azkaban's latest resident, we get a picture of uh, Lucius Malfoy. And then Death Eaters, how they challenge security measures. So just kind of giving you like a an overview of what's going on via the newspaper of the transition. Yeah, wasn't mad about it. Yeah, just a little extra exposition. I said, now this very beautiful waitress, she's gorgeous. She is, yeah. She's so pretty. Just so I'm like, Daniel Rack. Okay. All right. We'll buy it. It's a movie. Um, she approaches Harry to flirt. I think Daniel Radcliffe is very handsome. I think she's so much prettier. <laughs> oh, I mean, that happens all the time. <laughs> That's true. I was thinking, too, like, does she look older? And I, I did look it up. She is 29, and he's 20 at the time. Of like, course. Okay. She looked a little older and more mature and just so pretty. Um so she approaches Harry Potter to flirt and says that she swears she saw the paper move, yada, yada, flirting, flirting. He gets up, 
Uh, he she offers to meet up with him at eleven when she gets off. Uh, yeah, that whole thing. I'm sorry, no teenager is that smooth. Thank you. Like, I'm so, few adults are that smooth. Thank you. Again, movies and like TV lied to me when I was younger. I'm like, I'm just gonna get dates all the time. People are yeah, just no. gonna ask me out in all sorts of situations. <laughs> I was a server for years. The only people you ever get hit on are the people that a you don't want to hit on you, and right. b it's like the end of your shift. And you feel like you are covered in a layer of grime and grease and you just want to go home and shower and forget that, that, that this job exists. That is when you'll get some attention. And it's like, well, I, I could not be less sexy right now. I'd be less interested in this right now. Also that. Yeah. Or just, or it's people that are very drunk. It's the end of the night and all the, you know, I always used to call it the watering hole has dried up. They've been lurking around the watering hole trying to pick somebody up all night. And then the watering hole has dried up and you're what's left. And then yeah. they hit on you. It's like, yep. no, that makes me feel like shit. Thank you so much. <laughs> but anyway, so she's flirting with Harry. They're going to get together. Sure. Uh, he stands up when he sees a light flickering across the way and sees Dumbledore appear on the platform after train passes. I did like the ju juxtaposition of this billboard. Dumbledore standing in front of the, what does it say? It's like it makes some magic tonight. Yeah, something about magic. I thought it was dumb. I don't, I never, I remember being upset when this was like how Dumbledore came. I'm like, no. Now I, now I accept it as like a movie, I guess, way to intro this movie, to do the exposition train of <laughs> Harry. You've been reckless this summer. I like riding around on trains. I'm like, oh, so that's why we're in a train station. Got it. Yeah, I just fucking hate this. Like, this is the, my epic book, bitch. Like, the scene in the book where Dumbledore comes to get Harry from the Dursleys is so much better, so much funnier. This yeah. is stupid, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, we already had that set. We already had that set. We have the Dursleys' house. What are we doing in a train station? For what it purpose? It also robs us of the explanation that Harry now owns number 12, Grimmauld Place, being Sirius's heir. Shit, right? It robs us of the explanation that Harry now owns Creature mm -hmm. as the owner of number 12 Grimmauld Place. We never learn that Creature goes to work at Hogwarts mm -hmm. on Harry's orders. Like, uh, we never learn that it was Creature who betrayed them because that didn't happen in the fifth movie, I guess. Never mind, but. Sure, 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 sure. Details, details, hush, hush. Um, <laughs> and the biggest letdown is the Dursley's finally getting something from Dumbledore, which was, you know, you fucked up. You really treated this kid like shit, but you treated Dursley, you treated Dudley worse. Does that's that like, happen in this book? That's it. It's called Will's, Will It Won't. And it's where yeah, I looked Dumbledore at the, makes him I sit down. I looked at that chapter, but I didn't, I, I didn't remember that conversation happening. I love you know, the way he keeps kind of instructing them on how to have good manners, where he's yes. like, let's pretend that you've invited me inside. It's not good to linger on doorsteps in troubled times. Yep. Uh, let's imagine that you have invited me into your sitting room. And then he says something about, um, I would assume that you were going to offer me something to drink, but based on your manners thus far, that would <laughs> probably be ignorant but it, and then he goes on to conjure it and it, yeah 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 yeah. it's a um, beautiful scene like that's a beautiful scene this dursley's getting it that's some a little bit of somebody advocating for harry against the people that yes did take care of him 
give him a roof over his head that they were pieces of shit and somebody calls them out on it finally like in the movie like that would have been cool to see in the movie yes but it's another scene that i don't necessarily want to watch michael do i want to watch richard play that scene yeah richard would have made that scene hilarious to watch and we would have got i think he could have done this better too than michael gambon um when they talk about like that icy feeling that emanates from dumbledore like the mood drops and it's a very like serious thing that he he can like i feel like he would have performed that he could have dropped the like polite facade and said no seriously <laughs> like you guys are mm-hmm. this is a shit and you would have felt that from his performance michael gambon just not yeah not that he's not capable but i don't think they would have written it that way for him so yeah but this is just how we're starting the movie is harry going this is why we're in a train station dumbledore going yep anyway <laughs> you've been reckless take my arm um i said that he gets <laughs> i wrote the masked through an invisible time warp <laughs> like the way his face distorts even so before that i have just this huge issue <laughs> with the way that harry first notices dumbledore's blackened hand because it is just such a like hey look at this pose like the way that dumbledore is standing the way he's holding his arm it's very much like it makes me think of very silly stories about women who just got engaged who are like gesturing <laughs> obnoxiously with their left hand to be like oh uh, uh, what's that line from bridesmaids would you like an would you like apple, an apple? <laughs> <laughs> like that's what this make that's what this makes me think of every time it's so dumb and also the lighting here is so dark that if you don't know what you're looking for you have no idea what the fuck they're talking about thank you also also he never does actually explain what the fuck happened nope but we'll talk about that later yeah we'll get there Ugh. and this uh, whole this whole idea of just like take my arm no explanation no exception do as you're told like that's not characteristic of dumbledore nope it felt like, very weird it felt like he was like he was being now. kidnapped yeah. yes <laughs> like you come with me now you've been bad you were on trains and flirting with women <laughs> like, what what now and that's the other thing that he sees that the waitress is outside waiting for him and then bummer he's got to go with this old man into a succubus tube suck tube not succubus and what did you think of the apparition? I mean, it's described in the book as being squeezed through a tube. Yeah. And you do get that feeling from it. Yeah. I dislike the, like, Tasmanian devil cloud. Right. That they created to kind of show it. Right. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I feel like they could have done that same effect that they did. Remember in Prisoner of Azkaban when they make him really skinny on the night bus? They say, why the long face? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But just like make him like that and like suck through like a a tube-like kind of invisible thing and then comes back out normal sized. Like why he's freaking out, like jerky jerking around. Yeah, like Tasmanian devil spinning. I'm like, huh. (laughs) Like That looks unfun. Yeah, I don't know how I would have preferred to see this. I would have really been okay with they disappear and then just appear. <laughs> right. I mean, that's how it's done in Order of the Phoenix when Fred and George do it. Oh, yeah. At the very oh, beginning. Yeah. There's just a little pop and there they are. Like, that's... That's fine. That's what we that's it. understand it is in the books. You don't have to yeah. do this weird new production of it. Yeah. So, so thankfully, we have Exposition Harry to explain to us that we just apparated. Dumbledore says, most successfully, most people vomit the first time. 
I did have a really quick side story about that. The first night at a bakery that I worked at in college, um, I was it's so hot, it's so like oppressively humid, and then there's like the smell of yeast in the air. Uh, I was told they're like, by the way, um, people mostly their first shift they will vomit at some point because it's just so like oppressively hot and disgusting. I did actually have to at one point they're like, do you want to go outside? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> like, I need to feel cool air in my face. Yes, this is, I would like this to not miserable. be here anymore. Thank you. Thank you. I hate this. I made a mistake. What am I doing at two in the morning <laughs> icing donuts? Um, but yeah, they told me that they're like, most people vomit the first time. You did good. I'm like, great, <laughs> great. Can I work here for the next year for no money? Thanks. Um, great job though. Uh, so, great perks. I ate so many donuts that year. So many fucking donuts. <laughs> it was a good place to work, but yeah, yeah that that three a.m. humid. You just want to die. I went one time after drinking in the bars and never again because I was so sick the whole time. It was miserable. Anyway, so exposition here explains that we just apparated. Dumbledore says, I wonder if you know why we're here tonight or whatever. And Harry does this line, which is from the trailer. After all these years, I just sort of go with it. Hate it. Hated it. This is stupid. This is stupid. This is so stupid. I said, this isn't Rick and Morty. They haven't gone on several adventures together. (laughs) They haven't gone on any adventures together. So what are we saying? This has never happened. This is a very new thing. You've gone on how many outings with Dumbledore? Oh, none. So, last outing you went on was he came and saved your ass from a thing. Like, that That wasn't... Whatever, it's a dumb fucking line. Again, it's a trailer line, whatever. Um, I did never notice this part. So, they notice that the door is off the hinges to the front of the house. And Dumbledore tells Harry, wands out Harry. I never noticed he pulls it up from his sleeve. Dumbledore is. Like, whips it mm-hmm. out from his sleeve. I'm like, oh, well, cool place to hold it. Um, I was more hung up on why he's not allowed to use magic out of school he was literally just almost expelled a year ago why are you telling him to take his wand out you can't see this but my mind just exploded that's right <laughs> like he just defended him in a courtroom for using magic outside of okay whatever nothing matters um <laughs> don't worry about it uh they enter this ransacked house complete with claw marks on the wall i don't know if i've ever noticed that there's a big claw streak oh yeah Shit's fucked up. They he really went to town on just smashing this house, smash up everything, smash up piano. Harry notices blood dripping from the ceiling, which lands on his forehead, and Dumbledore stops him from wiping it off and licks it. So this is icky. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. This is and, this bothered me almost as much as Madame Maxine picking a bug out of <laughs> Hagrid's beard last movie. No, no, four, no, four. Or food, or whatever the fuck Whatever it was. the fuck that was. Ugh, just an icky. Uh, he begins to smile, and he notices an armchair perfectly intact in the midst of the chaos. He jabs the armchair with his wand, and Slughorn's head popped out. Which, again, I didn't think that that's how... No, it's not. It went in the book. Okay, I didn't know if I was being too picky there, but it's fine. Um, so I just wrote in big, big letters, I love Jim, Jim Broadbent. I just love him. Um... This is a another situation where I'm like, this is just so not the person that I had in mind no. to play this character at all. I love Jim Broadbent. I don't love him as he does a he's okay. a great performer in anything he does. However, this role, I, I don't like this somebody, portrayal. You know, what I always imagine this this um, character as in when I'm reading it in the book is I think of the bad spider claw crab man from Monsters Inc. 
Wow. Okay. Um, in my mind, a yeah. cartoon <laughs> crab guy, the guy who's like behind everything, the first monster thing. Remember, he's the bad guy at the end. Yeah, he, I know who you're talking about. Okay, and he wears like a little vest. I just don't <laughs> understand why that's in your head. <laughs> I can't explain why my brain goes there either. Anyway, um, so Jim Broadbent as Slughorn uh, explains that he's been hiding from the Death Eaters. They've been trying to recruit him for over a year. I've never quite understood the Death Eaters wanting this old man, this old retired professor. The only thing I was ever able to come up with was like his connections because he frequently gloats about how well connected he is. Sure. Um, and in the book, Dumbledore says something about, you know, utilizing his specific talents or something like that. And I'm like, what exactly? Like flattery and bullshit? Like, is that, are those, those are kind of his talents right yeah i don't know i don't know there's also just like an an element of this character that doesn't add up for me like i need him to be this like pompous boisterous like borderline masochistic like man like look at this that i built and instead it's just kind of this deranged old dude like oh look at look at all of my collection like yeah mm, that's not what this character is to me anyway yeah i know what you mean and he's supposed to be kind of like an oily character too like kind of like remember like harry doesn't quite know if he likes him and he he does he seems very like oh i'm just a silly old man yeah who's like a few bales short of a load like he just i I don't know this portrayal is not at all what i was expecting that's all nope then we're going to talk about it later, too, but I'm skipping through and doing the minute markers, and he's, like, rambling at the bar, the three broomsticks. I'm like, yeah, he seems like this silly, deranged old drunk man that, like, nobody would take seriously. He's supposed to be. Why are the Death Eaters trying to recruit? Yeah, this dude. Like, doesn't make sense. The one thing I will say, though, for this section, I said, well, God damn it, if I don't love this repair scene. Yeah, and I was going to say, I like the idea that he did all of this with a simple wave of his wand. Like, it's just, like, a very easy gesture like let's put it back for them mm-hmm. well and that's the thing i think they're trying to convey too is like look how quickly he made this happen this ransacking of the own his own area his own house it's not his house but you know what i'm saying like so he is a talented wizard but then they make him seem so silly and like doddering is that the word i'm trying to get doddering tottering i don't know what word you're going for there I don't know either Daughtery, I think, is a word. D O D. Anyway, I'll, we'll, um, but yeah, I love the. I like, yeah, the repair scene's really fun. I've always liked it, and actually, I've, I've seen this movie a million times, and even then, even watching it this time, I'm like, oh, I'm excited. <laughs> like, I'm excited to watch everything get repaired. Maybe that's just the OCD in me. I just want things to be neat and orderly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Okay, I accept that about myself, and I move on. Um, Dumbledore asked to go use the loo whilst Leghorn and Harry talk. I said this conversation is actually really super accurate to the book. This whole scene is actually pretty, really accurate to the book. Yeah, it is. I was, I was actually pretty happy with it. The conversation they have and how they have it. They're just ch- chatting about what we already know. Slughorn like has kind of built his career around advancing students that he thinks are going to be important or influential someday. Um, I did like the collection of photos that he had on his mantle. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, uh, I liked all of this. Dumbledore returns, I said in Jackson Magazine, he says the thing they say in the book, I do love knitting patterns. Like, that's cute. Um, And I said, he just uses reverse psychology here so beautifully. Would have been a great honor to have you back at Hogwarts. Okay, bye. We gotta go. 
Yeah, this is, I mean, this goes back to what you were saying earlier about how you just don't feel like there's anything behind any of his lines. Um, and I know that that's intentional here. I know that he's like, like you said, em employing reverse psychology and trying to be like, like, oh, shucks, wish you would have said yes. Mm -hmm. um, but it bothers me how fake it feels. Like Dumbledore is more discreet than that. Yeah, he's more subtle. And there's just kind of no subtle is probably character. the more accurate word. But like, I... yeah, yeah. You don't, I don't know, you don't get enough of a sense of Dumbledore's character to know when he's being fake. <laughs> like, you don't get enough of him in these movies, I feel. Or at least not enough development to, for us to really get to know him. Anyway, we'll complain about that till we're dead. Uh, <laughs> but moving forward. Yes, we will. <laughs> until our dying breath. Uh, so, of course, it works. It's like Corey marches out the door after them saying he'll do it. But he wants Professor Mary Thought's old office, not the water closet he had before. And he'll expect to raise. These are mad times we're living in. Mad! And Dumbledore mutters to Harry, they are indeed. And hums and starts to leave. And that's the end of our chunk this week. That's all. That's all. That's where we're leaving it. A lot happens. Oh yeah, we're like, getting out the gate real quick here. I feel like this movie actually really speeds along. There's going to be a lot in each chunk. Yeah, I'm excited. For. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do you do have this. some questions for me? I do, I have two. The first one. What would you smash like the windows of Ollivanders and get rid of? Um, Dumbledore's really stupid. Hey, look, my hand is fucked up pose <laughs> before they leave. And I'm in that same scene. I said trains in place of Dursleys. No. Yeah, no. I don't want a train station. I want to see that scene. Horrible rewrite of the beginning of this movie. <laughs> yeah, didn't love it. Uh, what would you keep like a stuffed armchair in the middle of chaos? I'm gonna steal what you're probably gonna say, and that is Dumby's cleanup of that scene. Well, that's what you keep. Oh, you son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> shit. Yeah, that is what I want to say. Sorry. We're going to line up this week. I like it. I like that scene. I just, that, that scene made me happy. Like, again, I've seen it a million times, but as it was coming up, I'm like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> OCD brain was so pleased to see everything go back into its place. I loved it. Loved it. Okay. Do you got a pukey puke this week? Yeah, our first probably unanswerable question of the season. <laughs> um, and it actually was sparked by that muggle waitress um, or was she a muggle <gasps> because can muggles see moving photos <gasps> yes or do photos that are developed in the right potion that makes the people in them move subjects of the photos move uh, do the does that magic not extend to muggle eyes here's my argument not art well my theory that I'm presenting. I think so. I think it's one of those muggles choose not to see things. Or kind of they've talked about like muggles that like walk past storefronts and they can't see it because they're not magic. Fine. But in this book, we have the other prime minister. The muggle prime minister has an oil painting in his office that he does see move. And okay. he said that he's trained himself to not look at it because he always feels crazy when he sees it moving. Painting, yes. Painting. Talking about photos specifically. Um, that I don't know. I got nothing. So, I mean, my gut says yes. My gut is to agree with you, yes. And that they choose not to see it. However, 
she even said i thought just... i was going around the twit like she felt crazy yeah i'm more focused on like the international statute of secrecy like how do you possibly control you know a daily paper actually there's and i think that there's an an evening profit and so two the daily profit alone is putting out two papers a day that's over 700 papers a year that have multiple moving photos you're telling me that not a single one of those ends up in a muggle dumpster Ooh. um think about all the textbooks that have moving images in them that the students use Ooh. you're telling me that not a single one of those ends up at a used bookstore somewhere right. and so you know how frequently are, are we dealing with the violation of the international statute of secrecy or you know it was something that i was looking at was even like um if a muggle born puts up photos in their home in their parents home of you know people moving inside the photographs like are they essentially violating the international statute of secrecy by Ooh. exposing the magical world to muggles and there's really no fine line here. I mean, I, I would say it certainly violates the idea of it. But again, how do you possibly control hundreds of thousands of newspapers and where they end up every day? Well, why do I think that he would have to like use Immobilis or something on the paper to make things not move? Why am I thinking that? Where did that come from? I don't know where that came from. They in book five they do use stunning spells on the portraits so i you know it wouldn't surprise me if that would work but again like spells wear off right so that's that's what i thought of this movie i was like oh he's probably like done a spell to make it but then again he's doing magic outside of school so how can he do that without being detected ah nothing makes sense yeah oh i like and this it's, one. you know that's... it's it's probably unanswerable um i mean the basis of the question is the yeah i think that they can um, and much to what you said, I agree with, um, they see it, but they don't look at it, mm -hmm. but yeah, interesting to think about all of those moving photos out there, never being seen by a muggle. Hmm. Do you remember too, it was like the first book or second book or something, um, Ron was fascinated because I think Dean put up a soccer poster and none of the images moved. Yeah. The idea that, yeah, the like reverse of that, the idea that wizards don't realize that muggle photos don't move. Yeah. That's when, kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Or even in the the first movie when he says Dumbledore's gone <laughs> out of the frog card, he goes, I can't expect him to sit around all day. Like, huh. Okay. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Weird. Interesting to think of the Weird. reverse. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a good one. All right. Should we, uh, should I see you next week? Yeah, everybody, make sure that you go ahead and follow us on all the socials, on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTube. You can see more information. You can see photos. You can see video clips. And yeah. make sure you're back next week for episode two. We'll see you then. Yeah, I'll see you then. I love you. See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
outside. Yeah. Well, obviously, I hope they're not in your fucking apartment. <laughs> no, they're very loud. And they're like, it's really weird. Just like the last few weeks, I've noticed how like many crows there are around our complex. I don't know if they have like a little gang here, but like I was working from home one day. I'm like, holy shit, these fuckers are loud. And I looked out my window and there were four of them in one tree. I'm like, are you a gang? Are you a murder? No, it's crows. Yeah, it's a murder of crows. They're coming for us after what we said in Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> the bird budget. That's fucking terrifying. That's funny. Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock fucked me up. What can I say? <laughs>